Welcome everyone to Equipping the Body. I'm Pastor Brad Starnes and we are continuing our walk through the book of Ephesians, Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus. And today we're going to be beginning chapter number three. Last time we were together, we finished chapter number two. And so now we are going to be beginning chapter number three. I have no idea how far we will get in the time allotted, but we will go as far as we can. And so Ephesians chapter number three, and I want to say a brief word before we get started to thank everyone that has supported us financially uh, through Buy Me a Coffee or through Patreon. That allowed us to upgrade the podcast, which now we'll be able to permanently publish our episodes. We'll be able to record more episodes um, because I've been able to upgrade the podcast to a paid subscription through your support. And so if you have uh, the desire or feel blessed or led to do so, uh, you can contribute to that support through our Buzzsprout page by clicking on the sh- uh, support show link or through Buy Me a Coffee and looking up Equipping the Body. So at any rate, Ephesians chapter number 3 is where we're at today. And so Paul says this, chapter 3 verse 1, he says, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which was given to me for you, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I have briefly written already, by which when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel." of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. And so Paul is speaking of a mystery, and he's mentioning the Gentiles, and he's mentioning several things. And so in order to fully understand this passage, I need to once again remind you the recipients of Paul's letter Uh, to the church at Ephesus are Gentile believers. These are not Jewish believers. They are not ethnically Jewish. They are not of the physical bloodline and seed of Abraham. These are primarily Gentiles. And if we know that, it helps us to understand that in the new covenant, salvation is made available uh, to not just uh, God's chosen people, those that came up Jewish, but to anybody and everybody who repents and believes in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's important to understand. And he's and Paul writes previously in chapter 2 talking about how Christ is building the church and the saints of God, those who are far off. We know that's the Gentiles and those who are near, that's the Jews. And so he's keeping on this uh, theme, if you will. And I think it's also important to keep in mind Romans 1.16, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for the power of God and the salvation of them that believe first, to them that believe to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And so Jesus came to the Jew first uh, and to the Gentile second because the Jews were of the promised seed of Abraham. Uh, they were the chosen people of God. And 
And so we understand that. So he says, for this reason, I, Paul, so he's identifying himself, Paul, for what reason? Well, the reason that God's building a dwelling place. In the last episode, we saw that. And then you see that in chapter 2, verses 19 through 22. He said, for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus. So he sees himself as a slave of Christ, as a bondservant, as somebody that Christ owns. And then, therefore, he must do whatever Christ tells him to do. So says, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for what? For you Gentiles. In other words, Paul says, I am the one who Christ has tasked and has chosen and is sent to take the gospel to the Gentiles. Paul is often referred to as the apostle to the Gentiles. That was his primary mission, that God sent him to the Gentiles to spread the gospel. Uh, we see Peter being sent to the people of Israel the Jews, as it were, and Paul primarily being sent to the Gentiles. And Paul recognizes that here. He says, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, and that word dispensation, a lot of times it means a time frame, but here uh, it, it means the stewardship, the administration of a household uh, in a religious connotation. In other words, he said, God's made it my job to take care of Gentile believers. And think about it. That makes perfect sense because he wrote all these letters to Gentile believers. And so it makes perfect sense that he would make a statement like that. He says, if you've heard, if you know that it's my job in the, of the dispensation, or you could say and be completely correct uh, and faithful to the Greek word behind it, economia, that the administration, the stewardship of the grace of God, which was given to me, for you. Now, who's he writing to? He's writing to the Ephesian believers who were Gentiles. So, for you Gentiles, keep the context in mind. For you Gentiles, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I've briefly written already, by which when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages, aka Old Testament, in the past, was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been made, has been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets. Okay, so he's talking about this mystery. He hasn't told us what the mystery is yet, but let's let's slow down because this is a difficult passage. It's kind of fluffy, it's kind of deep, um, it's wordy, and so we let's slow down. So Paul is the apostle to the Gentiles. Or as, he, or as he terms it, the prisoner to the Gentiles. So it's Paul's job to take the gospel of the Gentiles. It makes perfect sense because he wrote all these letters to the Gentile nations. Um, he was called the apostle to the Gentiles. So we got that. That's the first thing we're pulling out of this passage. Okay, number two, that God has not only set him over the Gentiles, but that God has, has revealed some mystery to Paul. So that, that, again, we don't know what the mystery is yet, but that God has given the revelation or the revealing of this mystery to Paul. Now, we know because he keeps bringing up Gentiles that it has to do something with the Gentiles, but we don't know what it is yet. Now, we also know that this is part of the new covenant because what does Paul say? He says, in other ages, it was not made known to the sons of men. In the Old Testament, 
in the past, before the time of the apostles, this mystery, again, still hasn't told us what it is yet, but this mystery nobody was not known. They had no idea. But he says, now, by the Spirit, capital S right there, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, our Godhead. In other words, you could say it this way, by God, because the Holy Spirit is God. He was revealed to his holy apostles and prophets that, that what? That the mystery. So he talks about the mystery, and now he tells what the mystery is. And so he's revealed this mystery, colon, so we know he's about to explain what it is, if you know your, your punctuation, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body, Israel, and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel. So the mystery is that the Gentiles could be grafted into the branch by the gospel. Now, Israel was the branch, okay? God chose Israel. God went to Abraham, said, I've called you out of the land of Ur. I've sent you. I'm going to take your seed, your physical bloodline, and I'm going to make a great nation. I'm going to give them all kinds of land. And out of them, all nations are going to be blessed. How is that so? Because the Christ, the Messiah, the Mashiach, the anointed one, is going to come through your bloodline. So technically, Abraham, God said, in your bloodline, everybody's going to get a blessing because Jesus is the Savior of the world, not just the Jews. Um, he's the Savior of anybody who repents. Uh, red or yellow, black or white, they're all precious in his sight, male or female. Jew or Gentile, if you repent of your sin and cry out to Christ, he will save you, no matter who you are or what you are. Um, he will transform you and conform you to the image of Christ uh, from the inside out through the process of sanctification. So Paul says the mystery is this, that the Gentiles can be grafted in by the gospel. That was unknown to the Old Testament writers and prophets. To them, Gentile was a cuss word. They had nothing to do with the Gentiles. The only way they would uh, entertain or be good to the Gentiles is if a Gentile would come to Israel and proselytize. In other words, they would take on the Jewish religion. And even though bloodline-wise they were not Jewish, for all intents and purposes, religiously, they would become a follower of Judaism. They would become a proselyte. Okay? And that's the only way. Uh, but even then, if you study Jewish culture, even then they were treated like a second-rate citizen. Um, and yet Paul says, well, here's the mystery. God don't care if you're Jew or Gentile. If you come to Christ, you can be born again into the family of God through the power of the gospel. And so that's what he's talking about here is the mystery revealed. And partakers of his promise in Christ how? How does all this happen? Remember our questions, who, what, when, why, how? How? In Christ, through the gospel. Outside of Christ, no flesh can be saved. Because even the Jews, with the law, and, and, and with the Old Testament, and with their, uh, their oral tradition, everything they had, with the temple, with the religious system, they still could not save themselves because they were wickedly sinful. If you want any proof of it, you just need to go all the way back to Genesis chapter 8. And when God looked Noah's eyeballs and said this, the imagination or the mind or the heart 
of man is evil from his youth. From his youth. And so it really doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile. Outside of Christ, you're lost. So all this was made according to Christ. Now, Paul goes on in verse number 7. Of which I became a minister according to the gift. Who's the I? Paul became a what? A minister, a pastor, a preacher of the gospel. According, how? How did this happen? To the gift of the grace of God. Whose grace? God's grace. Given to me. Given to who? Given to Paul. By the effective working of his power. And so it was by the power of God that Paul, who was a Jew, mind you, and not just a Jew, but a Pharisee. Let's appreciate the irony of that because all the Jews, for the most part, hated the Gentiles. But you know who really hated the Gentiles? The Pharisees. I mean, your average Joe Jew hated a Gentile in Jesus' day, but the Pharisees hated with a capital H the Gentiles. And isn't it ironic? that God would take a Pharisee, and not just an average Joe Pharisee, but a big dog Pharisee, a Pharisee among Pharisees of the tribe of Benjamin, circumcised on the seventh day, perfect in all points of the law, zealous for the religion of his forefathers, that kind of Gentile, a company man, if you will. And God would take him, break his heart for the gospel, and say, by the way, those Gentiles you hate so much, they're going to be your primary mission field. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, don't tell me God don't have a sense of humor or that God doesn't appreciate our irony because we can see that played out in the life of Paul that he was given the mystery uh, that the Gentiles, too, were loved by God and could be saved by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And all throughout the Old Testament, we see shadows that Christ would come that Christ would save. And everything is pointing to Christ. It's been said this way. The Old Testament is Christ concealed. The New Testament is Christ revealed. The Old Testament, there were shadows. There were hints. There were pictures. But we didn't have the full story until God gave mankind the ultimate revelation of himself through the image of himself, Christ, the image of God, the ikone, not just a representation but a manifestation where we get our English word icon from, that he would come and reveal himself to man. And isn't that good news for the Gentiles? You know why that's good news for the Gentiles? Because, again, go back to context. Paul's living in the first century. The Gentiles, if they were familiar with the Jewish religion at all, they basically thought, hey, we're just out of it. I mean, God don't care about us. We, we can't be saved. And many of the Jews taught that. And Paul says, no, that's not, that's not it. That's not the truth. The mystery is this, that Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost, whether it's a lost Jew or a lost Gentile, a lost man or a lost woman, a lost black man or a lost white man, a lost Hispanic man or a lost Hispanic woman, uh, Chinese, Japanese, Korean, North or South, God came to save sinners. And that's the thing we need to take from this passage, that God is not a respecter of mercy, uh, persons, that he came to save the Jew and the Gentile. And so then we continue on. 
um, as Paul says, okay, here's what the mystery is, and here's the point of it, and here's some more about it. Look at verse 8. To me, who's me, Paul, who am less than the least of all the saints. Paul says, I'm, I'm the bottom. I'm the bottom. I don't, I, I'm, no big, I'm no big deal. You see, Paul really felt that way. Paul believed he was chief among sinners. Paul never elevated himself above others. There was a humility in Paul. And so Paul saw this opportunity to reach the Gentiles not as a burden, but as a blessing, as a gift. You know, that kind of convicts me. Oftentimes in the ministry, we do things that we don't enjoy doing. And sometimes it's easy to forget that though it may seem a burden, it's a blessing. And I see this a lot in children's ministry. People, people don't want to get involved in children's ministry. And I'm telling you this, uh, I saw a pastor say this the other day, and I believe it's true. I forgot where he got his statistics from. But you know what all dying and declining churches have in common? They don't do anything for the children's ministry or they don't do enough. I'm, I'm just telling you. So, so we see children's ministry. We shouldn't see it as a burden. Oh, goodness, I've got to do this again. But it's a blessing. God chose me to reach these kids with the gospel. What a privilege. What a privilege. And so just use that illustration to drive home the point. So Paul says, To me who am less than least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Oh, what a marvelous statement. What a marvelous statement. What a marvelous chapter. One of my favorite expositors of yesteryear the great Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones wrote an entire book, an entire book on just this chapter of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 3 wrote an entire book. He had, an, I mean, and when he read this phrase, the insertable riches of Christ, and he began to unpack that, it's so deep. Because you know what that word unsearchable means in the Greek? It means unknowable. Well, who, who can know these things? The, the very moment that you think you figured out all there is about Jesus, the Bible reveals something else to you. And so Paul sees this mystery uh, that, that, he, that, that God is going to graft in Gentile believers. Paul sees it as a blessing, not a burden. And then he sees it as a gift to him, not even a gift to them. He said, it's my, it's my treat, if you will, that I get to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. What does that tell us about how Paul viewed Christ? Well, it tells that Paul had a very high view of Christ because to him, the treat, the pleasure, you know, when we meet somebody and you say, thank you, you say, oh, the pleasure's mine. To Paul, the pleasure is all mine, that I get to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ, the unsearchable riches of his mercy. Uh, they're, they're unfathomable. The unsearchable riches of his glory. It fills the earth. I mean, the, li the list goes on. I, I don't even have time. I, 
I, I'm, I'm, this passage is so holy to me that every time I even approach Ephesians 3, 8 through 13, I, I, get, I get almost sick feeling because it's just such sacred ground. It's such sacred ground. So we'll pick up and we'll give this section its own episode next time we're together. And so I want to thank you for listening to Equipping the Body. Remember, continue to read the book of Ephesians, asking those questions, who, what, when, where, how. Constantly remind yourself, Paul is writing this to Gentile believers. He's talking about things that have to do with Gentiles. And just keep, he's writing to a church. Keep reminding yourself the context. Keep making notes. Keep using those Bible dictionaries and begin to dig and begin to Uh, try to squeeze all the juice you can out of each passage. And God bless you, and I hope you have a wonderful week.